0: Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we have outtakes from For You.
1: And some other things. And and
0: some other things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but. Oh, yeah. It's amazing because I don't know why I thought that Prince would be like every other young artist where they're trying to get enough songs to put together oh, to an make an album, you know, I got to write three more songs mm-hmm. or it's not going to be, this is not the case.
1: No, not the <laughs> case at all. Plenty of other material and alternate versions of songs that did make it onto the album. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of unreleased material from his very, very first album.
0: Uh-huh. So much so that this is part one
1: of... Probably at least three, maybe yeah. four. I yeah. don't know. We'll yeah. see.
0: <laughs> Depends on how close we are to button up to the Diamonds and Pearls release.
1: Yeah, you know, they didn't consult with us or give us a heads up as to when that would come out. So we'll see how much we want to bend to accommodate that schedule. Uh huh. We're right. not going to step on the For You coverage just because of some piddly, super deluxe Diamonds and Pearls. <laughs>
0: I mean, I know a lot of people are like, I'm not very excited about the Diamonds and Pearls release. I am very excited about the Diamonds and Pearls release.
1: I'm excited about it. It was uh at the time it was like the like one of my favorite, like, oh, this Prince is so cool now. Uh-huh. I mean, this was like me in nineteen ninety one. I'm like, oh finally, uh-huh. and it was like, you know, a huge big hit. Didn't have a movie associated with it. So it was sort of like a back to 1999 kind of glory days with the big album and Mm -hmm. no real like ancillary thing, like a movie for example. Right.
0: Yeah. To pump it up. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, we're going to get there.
1: You know what? After, after after, when was the last SDE 2020? So it's been three years since sign of the Times super deluxe Mm -hmm. came out. So I'm all for whatever we can get his core. Fans like us are not getting younger. Right. I'd like to hear some of this stuff. So whatever order it comes in, bring it on. Yeah. Maybe just label it. Give us something, <laughs> you know, information about it.
0: Oh, I know. Don't I release it in
1: mono. <laughs> don't downgrade the quality I mean, to it's put not it on a USB stick. going
0: on AM radio, so I don't know why they had to release it in it's mono. It's not
1: going anywhere. <laughs> it's going online and for people with uh-huh. money to throw away to purchase. Yeah. You know. It's going streaming.
0: Yeah, streaming.
1: Yeah, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Come on, we're
0: here to talk about four. I am
1: proudly wearing my four U shirt, licensed from the estate. By the way,
0: uh huh. I believe that I ordered from Hot Topic.
1: Oh really? So it didn't come straight from the estate. Mm -mm. I didn't know. It's got the official imprint and all. It's on the up and up.
0: Oh, then maybe it did come from. I don't remember where it came from. It either came from Hot Topic. As an officially licensed thing, okay. Or I ordered it with something else that I ordered for you as a gift.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a cool you shirt get up though. To
0: the free shipping or whatever. Oh, I see.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it's got the uh, uh-huh. interior photo of Prince uh-huh. in his bathing suit, and uh-huh. we now know holding yeah. his gu- acoustic guitar and facing in three different directions. You That's know, very cool. I think he'll make an appearance. The three sided Prince on one of these songs. I'll point it out later.
0: Oh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think mm-hmm. I know which one you're talking about. But yeah, let's talk about the music.
1: All right. All right. All right. I'll say this again. I truly was not looking forward to covering for you. Mm-hmm. Two episodes in, I'm hooked. I've yeah. listened to this album on repeat uh-huh. and, like, actually, str- I had even the outtakes, I paid even less attention to. So a horrible transition there to just another sucker, which is not an outtake Uh from 4U, but which was part of uh, the growth and his getting signed to Warner Brothers. In fact, he was already signed to Warner Brothers when this track was recorded. Mm -hmm. So the genesis of 4U had started, but he had some connections with uh, 94 East and Pepe Willy Uh uh, that kind of led up to this recording. Maybe I've said too much too quickly, Christy. (laughs)
0: Pepe Willie was married to Prince's cousin, Chantal,
1: for yeah. a while. Yes. yes. And that was sort of how they Yeah. came together. Really more like what brought Pepe to Minneapolis. Right. Right. Also in the band, 94 East of note, Dale Alexander, who has a little bit of a Prince history there, but especially Andre Simone on mm-hmm. bass. Um, it was Andre's family that took a young Prince in when he left his home uh, due to domestic situation there. Mm
0: -hmm. It was recorded, believed to be recorded in the summer of 1978 at Studio 80 in Minneapolis. It wasn't released until 1986 with the 94 East album, Minneapolis genius. Mm -hmm. Um, This particular song is believed to be Prince's only writing contribution on the Project. Though he did play instruments, and here he's not a vocalist; he only plays instruments. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: There is a great article on Diffuser where Pepe Willie is quoted about kind of finding Prince, realizing his talent. That he went over to his house one night at ten thirty in the evening. He tried to call, and Prince didn't answer. But he saw that his car was parked in front of the house, so he knew it was there. So. You know, in an age where you might not get shot by going up to somebody's home, he did that, rang the front doorbell, knocked on the door, he said, and he didn't get an answer. And he heard like this tapping percussion sound. And so he went around to the side of the house, also didn't get shot. Uh, he says he looked through the basement window and he saw a young prince down in the basement just going to town on drums. Aww. And... Pepe's words were, I mean, he was just wailing away. And this was after 12 hours of rehearsing. It was just unbelievable. After all that experience, he had said, I had said to myself, gee, no wonder why he's so good. This guy practices all the time. Uh huh. So I thought that was a pretty cool uh, thing. You can post that dis- diffuser article on our social medias, Absolutely. Christy.
0: I'll be happy to do that. You can find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, at T T M A T S podcast. Or if you don't do the socials, you can find us on, uh, you can send us an email at at gmail.com.
1: You, being the incredible researcher that you are, probably also found an article on The Current... Um, it was published just about a month after Prince passed away in May of 2016 that kind of talked about this album or this song in particular and Prince's early career. It goes in detail on how 94 East was dropped by their label, Polydor mm-hmm. due to a change in the label's management and Pepe Willie's also quoted in there listing all the members of the band and how upset and disappointed they were. He said, and who was more upset than any of them? He called him Mr. Prince at that point. I'm telling you, he was more upset than anybody, according to Pepe Willie. He said, we were all standing outside, and Prince looked at Andre Simone, and he says to him, Andre, we have to go back in the studio and record more songs with Pepe. He had this, it was almost like, let's take care of him. Let's pay him back, Uh Um, which is not, I mean, Prince gave a lot, but didn't have a lot of connections still with people that helped him early in his career, and this was just a really cool example of him saying let's suck it up and go in and record some more. And Prince had already been signed to Warner Brothers at that time too, so he didn't really have an obligation to do that. It was just about here's a guy who's helped me, given me opportunity and I want to contribute not just on my own and on my terms, but go in with my friend Andre and get Mm -hmm. this done. Which I thought was a pretty cool story.
0: Well, and it makes a lot of sense that he wouldn't have uh, had any issue with a early set of recordings of his coming out in 1986 you know here's the yeah. thing that you know this is that was part of paying Pepe back I think too not being litigious
1: yeah I don't I tried to find like did was Prince upset about this or did it bother him and I couldn't find any documentation that he was he tried to stop it or right. try to get in the way of it which is
0: right I mean that's yeah. like.
1: That's kind of the indication (laughs) that he was okay with it, like let this go. Yeah. And knew that his contributions were part of it, you know, wasn't all him. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, The vocalists on this, Mm -hmm. Christy Lazenberry is the program director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Collaborative in St. Paul, Minnesota.
1: Oh, so she's still she's in Minnesota.
0: Is still in Minnesota oh, doing cool. like really excellent that cool community work. work. Um, and then Marcy Mm-hmm. Is,
2: easy for you to say,
0: Christy. <laughs> is uh, director of administration and a management consulting firm. And evidently, the three of them have continued working together occasionally. No, oh, so cool. there's like pictures mm-hmm. of them on uh, Pepe's website of the three of them together. Obviously no longer young people. Okay. Like, they're yeah. they've definitely all aged yeah. since then in these photographs. They're adult, mm-hmm. you know, more mature looking people who are together and calling themselves ninety four East and yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: That's cool. So there were earlier compilations that were released without Pepe Willie's consent also that he tried to stop and had No success doing it. And so like Prince Vault considers them semi-official or bootlegs instead of the real initial release, which was on Hot Pink Records. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the one they consider legit.
0: Okay. Fair. Yeah, Prince plays guitar, synthesizer, keyboard, and drums. Mm -hmm. So there was a number of tracks taken. It wasn't like the band sat down and... Played it, and they recorded it, because I don't think it's possible for one person to play all of those things at one
1: time. (laughs) Despite Prince's many talents, he didn't do them all. He
0: may be a one-man band, but he's not like uh, oh Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins as a one-man band. Sure, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: or a a principus with (laughs) eight legs. Principus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, like you said, this was the official release was March 1986, um, but was recorded, you know, back in 77,
2: 78.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, We've got Prince's keyboards kind of lead it off, really. The... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, Prince
0: is the first...
1: Instrumentalist that you hear. Yes. Along with the drums and Andre Simone's bass.
0: Which is excellent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were truly kids. Like, I keep thinking, they're like 19, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. So, this led sung by a woman in the late 70s, mm-hmm. and is sort of a message of, like, the woman is in charge, yeah. which, like, the more I've never really paid close attention to the lyrics of the song mm-hmm. but the more i thought about it i'm like the more i listened I'm like here's prince playing a supporting role with a female lead singer who's essentially taking the power position and calling another guy uh a fool, a fool. Okay. yeah because you think that you've done all these things <laughs> for me and that you're in control but uh-uh
0: yeah i'm playing you you're just another fool that's right Uh, there'll be there was another fool before you there'll be another fool after you that's right Yep. but uh i did notice that the vocals are kind of muted here too
1: okay maybe it was just the style
0: that's why i was like it's a production style i don't understand i guess
1: okay I mean, although she's like a powerful singer, it's Mm -hmm. not that she's whispering into the mic or, you know, this other stuff. It's just how it's treated in the mix. Yes, yes. Yeah. It did strike me that even though this was recorded in the late 70s, and I know there was additional work done to the song throughout the years, it does have like a 1980s sound to it. To Uh me, it does not sound like a 1970s recording.
0: I thought it sounded... Oh, man, compare
1: it to like the disco sound of For You. And I thought this is much more, I don't know, almost like early 80s, not even turn of the decade 80s to me. Mm
0: -hmm. There was a fun line about the idea that you kind of maybe need a little bit of love before you can do the physical (laughs) thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: You got to have that key before you get in the store. (laughs)
1: I couldn't I couldn't find what she was saying there. So that's like on the second verse. Uh-huh. Huh, Huh. okay. I found like you gotta do a lot before you get in the store. I couldn't
0: couldn't have that
1: key. Okay, before you you get into the store. You
0: gotta unlock the door, which I'm like, it's it's kinda funny. Uh but it's also kind of the attitudes of sex in the 70s that she's more of an object oh or su- it's being done to her she's a place to be entered it was just kind of interesting okay. and yeah. it's not like bad it's just an observation okay. i'm not
1: yeah you know. yeah yeah kind of just the this is the mentality at right the time a shared was, mentality
0: yes for sure yeah
1: early on in the first verse she even sings you want my love but you're not ready you're not ready to go down 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 so (laughs) it's the sort of the other side of the story that you know there are some tasks that must be um, completed before there's love to be had Uh uh-huh and some of them are physical acts that's right not ready to go down but he's just another sucker (laughs) maybe there could be some common ground you know (laughs) put your hands together there um and before the verse with the lyrics that you mentioned there's a drum breakdown in a minute and seven seconds and some rhythm guitar from a minute nine to a minute twenty (laughs) five To assume is all Prince, and is real fun to listen to. If you think of it as through the looking glass into Uh the the past, and uh, an artist who was going to explode soon after this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Prince has got a guitar solo.
0: Yeah, two
1: minutes and seven seconds, and it's very similar to some of the guitar work on For You.
2: very
0: fast and complicated. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. It's really nice. He's not mailing it in like I can no. I can play notes on my guitar. He's a talented guitarist here for sure. Mm-hmm. Where I thought I heard the very 80s sound of this is like 2 minutes and 42 seconds to 3 minutes. Okay. Uh, there's like a drum bass breakdown sounds like like Cameo a little like Word Up uh. from 1986 so i went back and i listened to some Cameo and i confirmed that if you listen to Word Up <laughs> and even like uh Single Life the title track from their 1985 album that came out right around the time that this song Finally was officially released. There's there's some similarities to them in sound, and maybe okay. I'm just thinking I associate cameo in the mid eighties, and this sounds a lot like a cameo track from that time.
0: Okay. Oh like the baby you echoey layers. Mm-hmm. That's very fun.
1: Yeah, there's that baby you and just another sucker chance and instrumentation uh-huh. that continues through the end of the song. I think that it's a, an additional solo, although it could be just a repeat of the solo we heard earlier that right. was edited back in at four minutes and seven seconds. I didn't listen to it to try to figure out, is this the same or is this different? It's, uh-huh. it's Prince playing guitar. Yeah. That's enough for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Fair. And it does fade, but it does so really rapidly. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a very quick fade.
1: Yep. Yeah, I remember getting, I think it was in college when I first saw 94 East featuring Prince, and that was pre-internet and Uh pre-easy-to-find-out stuff.
0: I think that that was, we found that together.
1: Yeah. Back
0: when there were recostos in a variety of places yeah, in this this big city. Yeah. Because we lived in a little town where we went to college, but we went to the big city to look at the
1: Yeah, and they um, carried various various pressed CD bootlegs and uh that kind of thing. That's right.
0: We had specific ones that we would go and visit, Yeah, and this was... One of them. One of them.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've had this collection and it's on streaming services too so Uh it is an officially released thing it really does fly under the radar a little bit I could see at some point the song coming back and like making a sure making a comeback in one way or another some artist finds it re-records it gets permission licenses it whatever is recorded we're required there to make it happen but Mm -hmm. I could see it being a hit in some way by being reimagined today yeah Me too. It's ripe for it.
0: Yeah. Next, we have an unreleased song from either 1978 or 1979. Recording dates aren't well documented, but this is Donna.
1: That's right. Um, I don't think it's about Miss Summer, (laughs) but Donna Uh um, recorded at Prince's home studio mm-hmm. um, clearly after he spent the time at the record plant and mm-hmm. had finished work on 4 year for you probably was out already at this point so yeah. certainly he had already re recorded recorded this okay. entire album went home and he's continuing to work right yeah yeah he yeah, didn't yeah. Uh, take time off that's right so to speak you know he said he was an emotional wreck after recording for you which is a lot like you hear from a lot of artists, we we listened to some classic Jamiroquois, and they would say the same thing, like, we were under so much pressure to feel like to make this perfect, and it was our mm-hmm. first chance, and we, you know, that's what led to illicit material, uh-huh. and, you know, drugs, and alcohol, is just the pressure. So, but rather than falling into that, uh-huh. Prince will, like, went back home and huddled up in his
0: uh-huh. home in
1: Minnesota, and... Started making little eight track recordings. Uh, that's
0: right. I'm going to work.
1: I'm going to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. A very
0: nice little, uh, primarily duet of Princes with an acoustic guitar.
1: Yeah. Even like Prince Vault says that the uh, France Avenue home studio of Princes in Adena, Minnesota was a very rudimentary. Eight track recording unit. Uh-huh. I don't know that all eight tracks are even used here. Uh-uh. Um, and maybe that wasn't the intention. He was just trying to get an idea down or just practice more. I kind of like this sounds like a practice song to me. Like, not oh. that the song's not worthy of being developed and turned into a song, but. Just the extended ending and, like, his singing. Uh-huh. It's like a rehearsal session.
0: Yeah, it feels like a sketch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. he's working on something. He's
1: working on something. Yeah. yeah. yeah, So, he's in love with Donna. Uh-huh. But, this kind of goes to your just another sucker comment. You belong to another man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this is a very 70s attitude about yeah. sex and women.
1: Property. Even though, again, I think that if you were to ask Little Princey back then in 1979, hey man, are you saying that women are property to be owned by men? I think he would say, well, that's not what I mean. It's just a manner of speaking.
0: Right. But uh, the way
1: those words come together and the definition implied there is still correct. right. Right.
0: And not to say that women wouldn't claim ownership. Of that's right, ownership of men,
1: yeah. You or know, like he's mine, if it, yeah. If there was a dispute between right. one woman and another,
0: right? Yeah, he's my man, yeah. That's yeah right. It would be, I, I get that, yeah, but it's also like a little more prominent, true, because you know, patriarchy,
1: <laughs> the patriarchy. <laughs> You know, one of our un- favorite one of our favorite cards against humanity's answers <laughs> is the patriarchy. The patriarchy that's yeah.
0: right, <laughs> because it fits in so many places. It does. And if you don't understand the patriarchy very well, go watch Barbie. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll explain lesson. it really. Good well.
1: lesson to be learned there. So all falsetto sung. I thought this uh-huh. could have easily ended up as an album track at some point. It seems like Prince never even made a professional recording of the mm-hmm. song it was all just a homemade kind of a shame yeah yeah, yeah especially because uh, the chorus is basically harmonizing right uh-huh. like at 56 seconds is where we hear it first uh-huh <laughs>
0: Before we move on from those lyrics. Okay,
1: sorry. I'm just trying (laughs) to... I wasn't quite done. (laughs) You were... Ready to move on. I think I I pointed it out. I did my duty. Let's go.
0: Yeah, he says that her boyfriend will try to keep her any way he can. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, so Prince likes her,
2: but he doesn't
0: like her black eye, or broken rib liker.
1: Oh. He's
0: not, he's like, I like you. I'm not, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna risk my pretty face.
1: <laughs> well, he's spent, you know, the previous 10 years being poked at, and uh-huh. made fun of.
0: I totally Pushed
1: around, I bullied. I totally
0: respect him, like, saying, you know,
1: Yeah, I'm going to say out of this one, Donna. Gonna, when,
0: you, when y'all break up and it's been an appropriate amount of time, then yeah. we can talk then because can. I do like you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I thought you were saying like when he sings, I believe he'll try to keep you any way he can that he would abuse her you're saying he would kick the (laughs) s-h-i-t out of Uh p-r-i-n-c-e if he found out that little skipper was going after donna
0: yes i think that that's the case okay yeah and it may be also like he's gonna stalk you or and or Mm
1: -hmm. abuse
0: you in some way but that wouldn't maybe i don't think that's the initial thought here right like He's got to keep the money maker intact. That's right.
1: <laughs> Even though I don't think that he thought of himself at this point as a pretty man, you know that kind oh. of came about later. But I do like yeah. looks are important, right? He's got album covers to be on and stuff. Uh-huh. Sure. Are we ready to move on now? <laughs> can I ask permission?
0: <laughs> if I want to go back to something, I'll this, just speak up. This you podcast can just keep belongs
1: to you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Donna, pretty as you can be, at 1 minute and 21 seconds, he does some new, 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 vocalizing uh-huh. that's super pretty. Pretty as you can
0: be. It's so cool, and it's... Again, that's what makes it feel like a sketch.
1: Yeah. Because... Maybe there are words there that he hasn't written yet or something,
0: I don't think it's words. I think it's music.
1: Okay. Other instruments? I think that there's, uh,
0: you know, keys or something that Mm -hmm. he was thinking about here, and he vocalized them to kind of remember them. This is what I want done here. This is what I think fits here. Yeah. So he just sings it because it's different than the... Scatting that he does sort of in other places. That's true. It sounds different. It fa- feels like a placeholder for mm-hmm. instrumentation You're right. to
1: me. You're totally right. Definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah, and he basically continues the shrugging off of the infatuation he has with Donna with the I guess it's not meant to be.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: he repeats it two or three times, and I'm like, wow, this is long before <laughs> Prince would say, uh, you know, manifest ways to say that this was destiny. This Uh is meant to be. Uh Here it's an easy shrug and give up.
2: Uh
0: Uh-huh. And you can totally tell that this is a home recording because at a minute and 48 seconds in the right channel, Mm -hmm. there's a little sound it's not him singing, it's not a guitar playing, and it's not the finger snaps. It sounds like a pencil falling on a stack of paper.
1: Oh. I'm sure there were, you know, it wasn't a soundproof room. Yeah. He wasn't professionally set up. Right. So, yeah, it makes just, it kind of fun.
0: But it's just fun to think of him as, like, he's playing guitar or whatever, and, yeah. you know, this pencil goes rolling.
1: Yeah, and, and he it just keeps going. Yeah, it right.
0: falls, and maybe he didn't even notice it. Maybe. You know, and yeah. here it is, that made it into this recording, yeah. and it just really, like... I really do picture him sitting alone in this basement recording this, and it's not as tidy.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was a mess. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the other thing that gives it away as a home recording is just like the it's not controlled as far as volume goes. It's sort of a quiet song. Yeah. Uh, But there are parts where he sings where it's, super loud. Uh-huh. And I mean you say in the mix, I don't think this was mixed at all. It was just right. a bunch of tracks recorded and stop. Uh-huh. So yeah, clearly unpolished, but that's what makes it special too.
0: Mhm. There's uh, a little call out to a future Camille almost a little bit there's some no-no's that are in here and at three minutes and two seconds there's a no-no that's really high and really nasally and it kind of gave me a Camille quality hear it again at three and a half minutes okay Like he's already starting to play with that. It's different than just a falsetto.
1: Mm. So in my notes at three minutes and two seconds, I have it as dow dow, oh. D-A-W-W-W-W-W. <laughs> that's real nasally and uh-huh. kind of fun. Oh, I that heard kind it as no,
0: no. Well, that'll
1: be fun to go back and listen to. Uh-huh. I just think like he's making up sounds uh-huh. as he goes along. And the three minutes and 30 second part I have written down <laughs> as he's almost quacking. Oh, yes. Uh, near quacking. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's... <laughs> Super fair. Okay. Yeah.
1: Near almost quacking, nearly Camille. A uh-huh. new compilation from the state. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and there was—I forgot to mention this before. At three, at forty-eight seconds. Okay. He does some of that growly, oh yeah, almost Muppet-like delivery of vocals. Yeah. That we heard in "I'm Yours," uh-huh. and I thought that that was really fun. Like. <laughs> <when you come. laughs> Glenn from Superstar. Oh, it is like if
1: Glenn, because well, Glenn was part Muppet. So if that makes sense, it's, I mean, it sounds like we're poking fun here, but well, it is just like the, you know, intense singing, the emotion that's in it does reach, you know, a Muppet levels. A, uh, well, Muppet yes. levels, if, if Muppets are, you know, like extreme, you know, like polarized versions of people, right? Hair and all, fur and all, and color and all. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. You're right. You're right.
0: You know, mostly we hear just these two vocal tracks. Mm -hmm. But then there's this like third where all he recorded was him speaking last time. Last time.
1: But it's said in such a sweet way. Like he's talking to himself almost. uh Yeah, but, but I, it is like a secondary kind of thing. Like, with the end of the song, one more measure, and we're done. Uh huh. But he's almost like talking to himself.
0: Yeah, but it's a, but he'd like, this track because this needed I don't know that it was if it was like a note to himself yeah. or or what, but it's so endearing. Yeah,
1: it is. And, and it's the kind of thing that he didn't do anywhere on for you. Like there's uh-huh. none of that kind of band leader type direction right. on record and that wouldn't appear for a while. Right. Till Prince became like this ultimate showman. But here he is in his own like a this is a private recording mm-hmm. to me, right? Meant for him, and he might obviously he shared it with somebody because eventually it made it to, yeah, idiots like you and me, uh-huh. uh, or mainly just me, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, last time, and it's just very sweet little aside uh-huh. thing, um, yeah, like a note in the sketch, you know, yeah. like a little call out off to the side, yeah, where the guitar and he says last time, but it's sort of true, it's almost the last time for the guitar to make it through a measure, but he keeps harmonizing and taps the body of the acoustic guitar also uh-huh. there to kind of keep time. Just really like just a very personal, intimate kind of little recording here. Mm-hmm. That's real special to me.
0: I agree. I'm Not really real
1: special to me. I don't hold it in a special place. It's, in my opinion, it's a special, special. recording.
0: Sure. Yeah, I understand.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: You're not Thank in you. love with Donna. Um, uh,
1: Donna belongs to another man, and uh-huh. I wear glasses. And
0: <laughs> you got to keep your moneymaker intact.
1: No, oh, yeah. This is <laughs> God. We wouldn't have these microphones if it wasn't for my incredible looks. <laughs> Thank God.
0: I laugh, but I do think he's lovely. No. Then we have uh, our soft and wet mini maxi single.
1: That's right. Oh, mini maxi single. It's
0: mini maxi single. It is.
1: They could have made one because, I mean, I think that'd be such a cool little issue for like the estate to come like... They've done this recently with Cream. We're here in like early September 2023. They just released Cream Take Two, Uh which is almost like a rehearsal. Yes. Maybe just with himself, maybe with the whole band, but he's like the only vocals on the whole track. But it gives you some great insight into how the song took shape, some other ideas he was playing with, and we get that with a couple early versions of Soft and Wet here too.
0: Yes. So, the first one is the 1976 demo.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it was evidently on the demo tape that he took to record companies mm-hmm. in New York City. Yep. There was a handwritten lyric sheet that credited the song to okay. Percy Begonia, uh-huh. which was the Prince alter egos. So I just love that little detail that here he was, you know, 17, mm-hmm. 18, having this alter egos already.
1: Well, that was at 1976, right? That was before he had settled on uh-huh. sticking with the name Prince. Right. So he may have only half-jokingly been using that, uh-huh. but he had other aliases that he used to travel under when even late into his career. Right? right. In a Minneapolis Star Tribune interview from 2013, Pierre Lewis, who was then the lead singer of the Lewis Connection, with whom Prince recorded Got to Be Something Here late in 1976, told the newspaper that Prince once borrowed his keyboard And that—that's the keyboard that you hear on soft and wet. And that he had to beg him to get it back. He said, "I Mm -hmm. loaned it to him, and I finally had to go get it from him. He wouldn't give it back." (laughs)
0: That's a long. There's a lot of people who claim that Prince took their stuff.
1: I know, but then Prince said, you know, he had instruments stolen and all kinds of stuff too. So, I mean, he got payback later. Hopefully, (laughs) he made it right with some of these folks eventually. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, this recorded at Moon Sound, a much more disco oriented sound, even mm-hmm. than the released version, and yeah. a whole lot of early form lyrics. Uh huh. Here too.
0: Yes, it was like very, very different lyrics.
1: Yeah, almost yeah. Um, not even as clever.
0: Okay. Yeah. I
1: mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it's more it's like different. a. It's more of a. There are more metaphors here than there is, you know, like.
0: Uh huh.
1: abstract (laughs) (laughs) abstract lewdness (laughs) i guess you could say we don't get the "Ah, to start the song off we
0: do not and then we hear about the angora fur
1: (laughs) these are the first two basically, right? Five words that we hear on one Uh of the earliest Prince recordings is "Angora fur the agency." Uh
2: huh.
0: I'm like, well, isn't that it's a like larger and wetter and saltier body of water than a river?
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, I went looking. I'm like, I don't know if someone said, "Well, what is Angora fur, Josh?" Explain it. I'm like, well, I should probably be prepared for a question like that if I'm doing a podcast, <laughs> recording a song that has it in there. So, Angora, fir, Angora, Angora hair or fiber is from the Angora rabbit, mm-hmm. which I did not know that Angora oh, was didn't. a rabbit.
0: Oh, you didn't? No. Okay, I guess as a former rabbit owner... Oh, I that's was right. aware.
1: Yes. I was just married into the rabbit family. <laughs> that's, it, wasn't, that's it was it wasn't my action that brought the rabbit into the family. Um, yeah. So what makes Angora hair different, you might ask? That it's distinct from mohair, which comes from the Angora goat. Uh-huh. Um, it's also distinguished from cashmere, which comes from the cashmere goat, and would later become the focus of another Prince song.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Pink color
1: in the pink color, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. So yeah, I think okay. Angora fur is referring to the soft, uh huh, and soft and wet.
0: That's right. It's the uh, it's uh, pubes. Correct. The short hairs. Correct. Uh huh.
1: And then the sea. I was like, I I should have paid more attention <laughs> in geography because uh-huh. if you asked me a week ago, where is the Aegean Sea? Like well, Prince at nineteen. Well, actually, at this point, more like sixteen. Might yeah. have had more information than me.
0: That's right. Well, in the he probably had taken a geography class a lot more recently than you have. That's right true. Now
1: there may have been a globe. That's in the right. Nelson home uh-huh. or the Andre family home. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's a Gulf between Greece and Turkey okay. essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I didn't know. Kind of part of the. Mediterranean Sea. Okay. It's like the Mediterranean Sea's version of the Atlantic and the Gulf of Mexico.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Good way to think of yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like the deeper background vocals. Yeah. They were a little surprising. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: That was a nice uh, little differentiation between the two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. There, yeah, there is, his falsetto leads it, but there's more of his tenor voice, I guess you could say, especially like it's accentuated in some parts. So yeah, I just, I know so many Prince fans who listen to unreleased music. I don't know a lot that go back to this early of stuff. And uh-huh. if you listen to the beginning of the song, it's easy to say, oh, it's just like, it's kind of muddy and uh-huh. it's a little slower. It's just, yeah. Eh.
0: It very much sounds like a... Demo recording. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 You yeah. have the chicka chika at 38 seconds. So he's like doing these vocalizations already, too. And in this version, we don't get soft and wet even said till way further right. in the song. Right. Um, it also lacks the hey lover
0: yeah. beginning
1: to each of the verses. Right. So that was something else that was kind of developed later on, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. There, there is a kind of a comically croaking get it up, get it up, mm-hmm. which I thought was very fun. Yeah,
1: that's in the bridge. So the bridge of the song, which in the released version is the if this is lust, then I must confess uh-huh. I want it every day or feel it every day. So here it's, it's totally different lyrics, the same melody, the same Uh notes. Right. Um,
0: But even more disco-y.
1: Oh, even more disco-y, especially with him going, get it up, get it up, uh-huh. <laughs> behind it all. I had completely forgotten that that was it's in this song. It's
0: very fun. It's
1: it's fun. It's a little silly, uh-huh. but it's of oh. the time for sure. I mean, it's
0: of the time and for listening to an outtake and knowing, you know, it's just like, this is the mm-hmm. thing he played with and I'm delighted by it. And I'm yeah. so glad that it it didn't need to be in the released version, but... It was very fun to hear it in this version. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And
1: the end of the bridge, the lyrics are, you came too quick and you left me too soon.
0: Okay, so I want to talk about that. Okay. So, he says, you taste my wine and opportune. And And I'm like, dude, you don't know what the word... Opportune means <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted something that rhymed with soon. Oh,
1: maybe so. True. <laughs> because
0: opportune means either appropriate or well-timed. Yes. And um it's not something you can taste. Okay. Right, like wine. Yeah. And it doesn't really make sense with the line, you came too quick and you left too soon, because her timing was neither suitable nor appropriate. Wow. Which is what opportune means. You I'm just, like, good just, job changing this one, I, I, because you picked that word only because it rhymes with soon.
1: Yeah, it is. It sounds a little forced and a little yeah. weird. Like. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, It doesn't seem is not like it's you, word that yeah. you use a lot.
1: Opportune is an, like an adjective, right? It's an yeah. opportune moment. Yes. So like to have it sitting here by itself is uh-huh. a little strange. Right. Yeah. I did like the because so there's soft and wet that is the, you know, lewdish anatomy uh-huh. reference here. And then also him saying, You came too quick and you left too soon.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh is, you know.
0: Yes, it's... It's,
1: it's somewhat a, clever.
0: Yes, that, see, and that line is is so good, and the one before it, it is so, is, shows a, a lack of understanding of the
1: words that they chose. That's true, that's true. So, but after he sings, and you left me too soon, at a minute and 27 seconds, there's that deeper voice there, too, where he's sort of this nasally delivery of, girl, you left me too soon. Uh-huh. That's fun also because it's not obviously in the released version of the song that was at two
0: minutes and 37 seconds not one minute and 37 seconds
1: oh i have it at one minute and 27 seconds because then at a minute and 32 seconds there's a very fleshed out keyboard solo that's real similar to the album version Uh also in fact it's like the same notes it's just played differently in the mixes and the mix isn't as clean and it's a twentieth uh-huh. generation recording that we have too.
0: So maybe he it's in there more than once and I just didn't write it down in my notes until You're right. later. You're
1: right, it is later. That's he repeats the first verse Later in the song, like he does in the release version, even though the verses aren't the same, and at two minutes and thirty-seven seconds he does do that in the background. Right. You know you left me too soon uh-uh. is the second delivery where the first one is, Girl, you left me too soon. Okay. Yeah. Minute and fifty-three seconds, there's kind of this wah, wah, wah bass line mm-hmm. and fun rhythm guitar. <laughs> I think the guitars throughout this thing are really fun and they're kinda just like watery Uh and you know, fluid sounding. Yeah.
0: And then here we get here to the end, and then all of a sudden there's these very organic drums for like two seconds. Uh, Yeah.
1: Know yeah, what the, I call but it like it's fun. It is fun. Yeah, <laughs> like so it's, it's
0: kind of out of nowhere, but uh-huh. it's very fun, and it ends with those three really recognizable notes for
1: boom, soft boom, and wet. boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as it leads up to that, I call it like a super long coda at about. I don't know, two minutes and forty-five seconds to the end, but there's this high-pitched guitar that uh-huh. plays through the whole thing as he repeats, "This is where the three-headed prince shows up." <laughs> I mentioned earlier, <laughs> three-headed prince. <laughs> there's these like extreme echoes on his deep voice, kind of like the three-headed knight in Monty Python <laughs> and the Holy Grail. Uh, at two minutes and fifty-one seconds, you know, or or like the voice of God. Of course, it's a good idea. <laughs> You know, as he sings uh, soft and wet, your love is soft and wet, you are soft and wet, and love is soft and wet. And behind some of those at the end, there's like extreme echoes going on Uh that are a little silly to Uh me. But I mean, it might have just been, you know, I'm playing with effects because I have them here. Let me see how they work. Um, but, yeah, overall pretty cool insight into how the song progressed. Yeah. Speaking of progressing the song.
0: That's right. Soft and Wet, 1977 version, mm-hmm. most likely recorded at Studio 80 in yes. Minneapolis. hmm We get the gasping start that we know and love. Yes. It has...
1: And even like progressed. a slow record start, it's uh-huh. almost like someone turned on a record player and held the record in place and then let go because uh-huh. you get this, uh-huh. you
0: know, it
1: kind of comes into. Oh, yeah. That's what it sounded like to me. But yeah, that also includes the. Ah,
0: yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Um, This is kind of cool because it's got a, even though it's a much more finished and more professional recording, right? and it has a mixture of the finished product's lyrics and the demo lyrics.
0: Right. It was very fun. It's a a mashup of the two. It's a
1: soft and wet gradient.
2: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, lots um, of
1: ooze under verse one, which again is the Angora fur agency. It's a soft, wet love that you have for me
2: uh-huh and and did you hear
0: the clear, crisp, prominent vocals. I did.
1: I made a note of it. I'm like, I bet that you approve of this. His voice like, is much more
0: I'm like, yeah. this is what I want. Uh, yeah.
1: I You know, just the style of recording It's working with a different engineer here different place. Maybe yeah. He had a little more control too. Yeah. Even though it sounded like he had a lot of control over the finished products too.
0: I really love the delivery. I want to hear and he the here comes out as kind yeah. of a purr uh-huh. almost yes is your sweet love sighs uh-huh. and the sigh isn't yeah. the word sighs is a sigh
1: it is and it's much more easy to make out in this take than uh-huh. I think I mentioned when we covered the yeah. album version that I didn't even realize that the word sighs was part of it I thought right. it was him breathing after all uh-huh. I want to hear is the sweet, sweet love, love. Uh-huh. or is your sweet love, love. is what I heard oh uh-huh. <gasps> We didn't mention the there's this very, again, this is almost like high school writing, the Cupid arrow in the 1976 (laughs) version when the arrow's pulled out, the person has died. Uh Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of like, I've been hit with... It's very dramatic. It is very dramatic. (laughs) Uh, Very high school theater. And it remains here. I'm hit with an arrow. I'm feeling the pain. Tell me, tell me, baby, that you feel the same. same. So there's, like, again, a mixture of early lyrics and finished lyrics Mm -hmm. sung here. Yeah. Um, The bridge is more fully formed here. We've got the If This Is Lust, Then I Must. Uh Uh-huh confess i feel it every day but it's sung at a completely different cadence than the bridge in the finished version Mm -hmm. you listen to them back to back same words same melody same everything but just the delivery is radically different and it's a lot of fun to hear those things if you're a nerd like me Yeah. yeah
0: fun and there's these um sweet little guitars that lead into the synth solo Mm -hmm. and they're a little country sounding
1: oh yeah a little bit
0: and but it's it's kind of delightful and we get some more of that a little later too uh, in the right channel, under the bridge, we get more of those kind of like almost country sounding guitars. Yeah, but it they really work.
1: Mm-hmm. They work really well. Yeah. It's
0: not. I'm not usually a fan of country music for the most part, but
1: you're okay with it.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with these guitars because this is. It sounds like old country. The more folksy. I'm sure. Not,
1: yeah, not, more like Americana. Not. Yeah. Hick. Yes. yes. Sorry.
0: That is <laughs> an excellent description.
1: <laughs> yeah. More of like a John Denver kind of thing. Yes. Than, uh, who was Garth Brooks' alter ego? That's when I think country oh. music took a turn for the worse. C- Chris somebody? Uh, Chris Gaines? Yes. Chris, was that that's right? It. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> With the soul patch and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's when country music turned to the douche. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, um after that bridge and the little keyboard solo that's in its full form there we don't have soft and wet song or set again mm-hmm. instead we do have this breathing at a ho- minute and 49 seconds this ah, ah, yes <laughs> And it was used later in "Sexy Dancer," it became like the uh-huh. hinge of "Sexy Dancer" as a song on his second album, and you can hear it in "Soft and Wet," which is pretty fun. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, um, my last note on this version is uh, at the very end, two minutes and thirty-nine seconds, because again, it's a pretty short song, three-minute mark. Uh, there, listen to the guitar guitars in between and behind the chorus. again just like this fun playing it's sort of there in the finished album version but different in the mix and there were other synths and the Moog organ and you know all this other stuff that all these other instruments and tools that he had at his at his disposal that kind of buried the essence of some of the really cool instrument playing in this kind of song and it also has that extra little measure at the end which the 1976 version Lacked. Right. Bum bum bum.
0: Then we have Soft and Wet Disco Mix. This appeared on a twelve inch promo disc as the B side to just as long as we're together. It's not substantially different from the mm, album version. Not
1: substantially, but there are differences. Um did you see that it was remixed by remixed? It's
0: a controversy.
1: It was it was remixed by Jim Burgess. Um, I think at one point I asked you because your niece, her maiden name is Burgess. Like, no, her married name. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Her married name is Burgess. So I'm like, yeah. I wonder is there some connection there? you were like, you're such an idiot. That's like that. Might as well be named Smith. <laughs>
0: Which some of my family was Namesmith.
1: I realized that. <laughs> that joke was for you. It was for you. Uh, so Jim Burgess, he was a trained tenor singer. Mm-hmm. And he turned into one of the world's greatest disco DJs and remixers. That's according to a memorial website for him. So he actually died of an AIDS-related brain tumor in 1993. Mm-hmm. But he was a friend of... Ray caviano at Warner Brothers who promoted a lot of Warner Brother artists to dance clubs throughout the world including prince's song I want to be your lover from his second album so there were these prince connections there and he also I don't know if this is a I don't know a career milestone or if it's not should be not mentioned in in memory of Jim but he taught chef Pettibone how to DJ and remix songs I will share with you the link there, but I think Shep Pettibone made some of the worst remixes of Prince songs, most or all of which were never released, except for um, one that was on Sign of the Time, Super Deluxe, that we covered long ago. Right. But I thought that was kind of a cool connection. Like, Shep Pettibone came up, Uh and this guy tutored him, and uh, he remixed a Prince song back in, like, November of 1978 for discos, Yeah. essentially. Yep.
0: Yeah, there's some, like, uh, rubbery bass guitars in this. Okay. Like, in a minute and six seconds that I mm-hmm. notice under if this is lust, then I must confess. Okay. The whole bridge area.
2: Okay.
0: There was a uh, more of that under what's maybe a busier synth solo. Okay. And then there's more of that rubbery guitar, uh, but concentrated in the left channel of like at two minutes and 13 seconds. As
2: as oh as
0: as oh Those were br- primarily the differences that I heard. Other than that, I didn't really find
2: much.
1: Yeah, it's definitely just a different mix. It's not like Prince recorded new... Material or saying different lyrics, that kind of thing. You have a, a opinion very similar to our friend Jason Beringer oh, okay. on his Press Rewind podcast. Oh yeah, back in 2019, he did what he called a high speed dub review and kind of made the same comment about what's really the difference here. There are a few little like things that are mixed, maybe a little differently, but not a lot of difference between the album version and this. There was a thread that I came across from years ago on Prince.org where someone argued that there were significant differences, including the mix being totally different, that it's very bright, a little more skeletal, and you hear some of the vocals and instruments more clearly on the remix than you do there. I don't think that you necessarily agree with that. So when I listened to it, I felt the same way I'd listened to it a number of times before, but the biggest... um, I did think the vocals were a little more clear than the album version. However, this is also like a, a rip off of a a vi- piece of vinyl that uh-huh. we listen to. So right. it's a little unfair to compare the mixes because one is all digital from the album, right. you know, from the analog recording. And then this thing was like ripped from a album so, or from a vinyl. So right. you have some record pops and other things in it. Um, but the biggest difference to me was in the bridge and a minute and six seconds when he sings, if this is lust, then I must confess I feel it every day. Mm-hmm. When he sings every day on the album version, there's some doo do do like he's vocalizing behind it, and that's stripped out
2: oh, and not okay. part
1: of the remix at all. And that's kind of a part I just choose to sing along with because oh. that's the one that I could sing doo doo do do When I listen to this, and there's no doo 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 do so you
0: have to add the doo 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 in yourself. My,
1: like I'm doo doing on my own. <laughs> <laughs> i also thought yeah it's right after every um when he makes those little vocal hits uh on the album version which i thought were nice accents so i'm curious as to why they were removed at a minute and 31 seconds the keyboard solo gets a little more even more buried in the mix especially the fast playing near the end of the solo is buried even more which i questioned why do that a little more echo on Leave Me Without Breath. Mm-hmm. Maybe these three princes make a appearance there. That's one more prince than the spin doctors had. Three princes. <laughs> <laughs> at, at two minutes and 30 seconds when he sings Crazy Baby, Crazy About Your Love. There are head-like synthesizers in the album version that are hardly audible at all. They're pulled back some more. So um, just some little things like that and a little extra echo on the sense around and during the coda at the end um, that are a little different. So it's not like a radically different song, but it is a separate entry in the Prince catalog and something they put together to push it to clubs. Maybe it sounded more better on big speakers. More better? More better. Maybe it sounded better. Maybe (laughs) it sounded better. Yeah, maybe it sounded better on big speakers in clubs, Uh, you know, in these echo chambers that were disgusting dance halls in the 1970s. Did you see the note on Prince Vault that talked about the song on the hits one? That Tommy Vacari claimed that the version of Soft and Wet featured on the hits one and the hits and the B-sides is an alternate mix that he did and different from the one released in 1978.
0: Right, and Prince Vault said, mm.
1: "Good luck finding the differences, yeah. right?" And I'm still wishing myself luck because I haven't been able to hear. Other uh-huh. than like the loudness of it is a little <gasps> little different. Um, just one was released in whenever that was, 1993, and yeah. the other released in 1978. But anyway, claim of yet another version. Yeah, I think I kind of flashed these in front of you that there was a jazz cover of "Soft and Wet" by Kevin. Cole Ho? C-O-E-L-H-O, on his 2013 album called Turn It Up, which is also a Prince phrase. And then maybe my fa- I just went, I'm like, maybe there are... That's an old song and a Prince hit. Who else has covered this? And Marty Batista in 2020 on his album My Kitar Gently Weeps oh, yeah. has a cover of Soft and Wet that is insane keytar playing and also uses many of Prince's vocals from Soft and Wet, which, I mean, I would guess had to be licensed one way or another. Right. But it's, I, that one actually is a whole lot of fun to listen oh, okay. to. So I would strongly recommend you check it out.
0: Awesome. All right, we have one more song. My Love is Forever, an alternate version, probably recorded at Sound 80 during some recording sessions, likely when the 1977 version of... Soft and Wet was
1: recorded. Correct. There's uh, an earlier version was recorded in 76, but I think that you're correct. The version that we're listening to here was uh, a re-recording at Sound 80 because it definitely has like a studio right sound to it. The quality of it is quite good. Yes. Especially for an outtake from yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 45 years ago. Now. Uh-huh. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's starts with kind of a record scratch rather than those pretty bells
1: yeah the beginning kind of rips off yeah like from uh, versus there's like the drum hit from the album version this one like it's almost Uh like a zipper yeah (laughs) (laughs) i have all kinds of dumb visuals going on in my head don't blame me
0: Uh, I thought the synths here at the beginning had a little bit more of a horn quality, okay, and it was kind of interesting to hear like him use the kind of synthy horns kind of playing with it, trying to decide, you know okay. how it worked or, or, yeah. Or, yeah, uh-huh,
1: Which and I, overall, I also noticed the album version has rhythm guitar in it, but it's kind of buried. uh-huh on this version, it's really featured in the right channel as you're listening to the song. I mean it's a pretty polished sound like i said but it still is a little more raw than the album version which i think actually helps it some mm-hmm. like the album version right. has maybe got a little too much polish in it not that i think that for you is an overproduced album but listening to this it does have more of a live kind of sound to it sure
0: and did you hear those clear prominent vocals i, did. <laughs> I
1: could i could write down every word he said <laughs> and you are very right Mix And who knows if this falls into the category of that dumb phrase that I always read to you off the back of old CDs that, Uh you know, because of its dynamic range, the compact disc can reveal limitations of the source recording. Uh Maybe it sounded better on vinyl.
0: Yeah, I hope so.
1: Yeah, we uh, we won't know the answer to that. No. Yeah. Yeah. So just some note, like the lyrics here are almost identical to Mm -hmm. the finished version. So this is a pretty finished song. Right. Uh, or at least one that he didn't revisit as far as lyrics go. He hits some real high notes on rhythm guitar at 35 seconds into the song that are fun to listen to. Like to and then just some background vocals going on behind the chorus at 57 seconds. There are ahs that he's singing behind, you know, You Are the Only Thing That Keeps Me Going that are really pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Um I thought the um you're the only thing that keeps me going that part at like uh, 2 minutes and 13 seconds it was uh, delivered different it's sweeter okay it's a little uh, less urgent hmm. delivery than the album version and that whole that whole last chorus is is a little more loving and a little less desperate okay
1: It's a more of a, it's laid, it's like more raw, but also a little more laid back. Yes. I guess is a good way to describe it. Uh, Right after that second chorus, at two minutes and 32 seconds, there's little keyboard hits that either aren't in or are extremely buried in the album version that kind of caught my ear. I was listening to this Over and over again um, His guitar solos here Are mm-hmm. very similar to yes. I think we talked about this Being kind of his first Real guitar solo on record If you look at For You in chronological order And It's like Similar uh-huh. Just a different take You can tell yeah. It's like uh, I'm gonna He's been playing it this way This is the way It's to be played Right Yeah
0: There's like a a little whistle, like a Hmm. kind of get your attention whistle, not like a wolf whistle that's just before the guitar solo at two minutes and 51 seconds, which I thought was really fun. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again.
1: I didn't hear any (laughs) whistling.
0: There's a little whistle there. Um, and I thought the guitar solo was similar, mm-hmm. like uh, particularly earlier, where they have yeah. that like kind of piercing guitar, yeah,
1: um, it's pretty quick too. like it, it appears at first and it's just like a little tiny thing, right that doesn't and, blossom into a whole guitar solo,
0: right. and that's there, but once you get to two minutes and fifty two seconds, this guitar solo, I thought was pretty different, no, okay, um, whereas the album version kind of sounded like a continuation of the song. It was like mm. continuation of whatever guitars you'd heard previously and like expanded upon that. These were uh, a little bit different than that. I thought I th- I heard a uh, different sorts of instrumentation. It fit with the song
1: still, yeah. but uh-huh. it
0: didn't necessarily sound like a continuation of what had been happening yeah. prior to that. A little in the snippet song. that
1: you got earlier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed listening to this yeah. again. Like I had, slept on this outtake oh yeah 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 yeah. like just that's fine didn't even cross my mind i feel like i've just i've i've slighted for you
0: that's right Uh, no but now now
1: i'm making it i'm back baby
0: no you just have you had to be at a mature state in your life to be able to really appreciate it yeah
1: i think going back to the opening words of the podcast if you picture you know Sophomore in high school, Josh being all into diamonds and pearls. Uh huh. Going back to for you, these are different realms of music. For sure. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, and that's it. That's all that we are going to talk about today. So we are going to make selections. We are. We are. Why not? That's right. So we choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies when the material was recorded or released. Mm-hmm. Most of this is unreleased. So. Um, you know, when it was recorded. The see the low point, the mountain, the high point. Yes. Yes. So these are my rules. So I go first. The time capsule for me was Donna. Okay. And it was partly that woman is property lyric, but it was also very stripped down and that those growly Muppet vocals that sounded like, Of what we heard on For You in some places. Yeah. And had this been fleshed out, it would have, I think, landed on the funky end of the easy listening station that I listened to a lot as a kid in the like late 70s or early 80s, but in a good way. Like it was, it was kind of that it had that same flavor as mm-hmm. all of those kinds of songs that i heard yeah. a lot when i was a little kid yeah
1: yeah pop love song yeah. kind of thing yeah now i don't want to like disparage the format of our beloved podcast but what's the time capsule here i'm like well consider the material it all is it's a dumb question <laughs> you know all of these are little uh-huh. gems that show off different facets of prince's like pre-pro career Yes. Um, So I chose Just Another Sucker since it was officially released. And just that story of uh, it being an effort by Prince, along with Andre Simone, to help Pepe Willie in a way to repay him for his help when their band was dropped from this label. Even though Prince kind of had this other opportunity, he could have easily said, well, I don't need this anymore, so I'm sorry, I'll go do this. But he did feel some loyalty which, mm-hmm. um, you know, people people helped the guy out. You know, right. he certainly devoted himself to music and, like Pepe said, rehearsed all the time and just threw himself into it. But he did have people who uh, helped lift him up and helped get him to the right place, even educate him on the music business, mm-hmm. which I think Pepe did to a degree. So that leads me back to it being a time capsule.
0: Excellent. The C, uh, for me is the disco mix of soft and wet just because it, it, there were some differences. But to me, it just didn't really, it didn't change it enough or add to it enough to make it something that I would revisit a ton. Yep. So that's my scene.
1: That's really fair. And that is like my litmus test for remixes too did they add anything to the original right and you're absolutely right so had I thought of it that way I probably would have chosen the same thing that you did Oh, okay but again I would say I love all of these songs I don't think that there is a a bad moment or like a low point for real so I just went with like what's the most unfinished of them and that mm-hmm. to me is a disappointment like I would love to hear Donna yes fleshed out more it's delightful um, and how well like as it is it's this huge piece of Prince history it's one of these early recordings that's there's a song there there's an idea there that never got uh, revisited by him or finished by him so that whole situation is the C to me not necessarily the song Donna
0: sure that's super fair I would have loved to have heard that on Prince's sophomore album, mm-hmm. have it be like finished, yeah. Because I, I liked it, but I think it, if he didn't put it on that second album, there was uh, really oh yeah, it wasn't it. going
1: to be on Dirty Mind or no. Controversy. It's, no, yeah, that time has passed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like You're right. he kind of missed the window for it. Yeah,
1: and maybe it could have been a B side. Could have been a yeah. great B side, but yeah. of course. Warner Brothers trying to capitalize and cross-promote albums, so you get a single from one album backed with a song from a previous one to kind of whisper to you, maybe you should go buy this other album, too. It's already out.
0: Yes. All right. The Mountain. The Mountain. This,
1: I I have no idea what to expect from it.
0: Oh, easily the 1977 version of Soft and Wet. All right. Just because pretty much any complaint... That I had with Soft and Wet, the album version is fixed in this one. Mm. He doesn't lewdly refer to himself as a sugar cane. <laughs> <laughs> um, the vocals are up in the mix. I miss the Hey Lover. Uh-huh. But I mean, if that's the only issue that I have with this, I, I
1: really like that song. Wow. I like, See, like going into this, I'm like, this is gonna be Christie's low point of oh. disco music and because it, kind of, it is yeah. it's got a disco flavor to it there's no doubt about that so I'm a little surprised but oh. I'm with you I have the same mountain oh, 1977 yay. soft and wet it's like we said in the middle of that soft and wet evolution from the home recording in 1976 to the finished album version it's this kind of neat area in between where you get a polished song but uh-huh. still is not quite fleshed out but there are ideas there that are, were worth You know, Uh having there, yeah, the different delivery to of the bridge, if this is lust, is fun to me, Uh especially after I realized exactly the words he was saying, singing in the bridge, and then to hear it sung here in a different cadence, same words. Um, The more prominent guitars, the vocals mix louder, like you said, and the fact that it's in great quality for a 1977 outtake. So to go back and listen to it again, it's not like you have to put up with a bunch of hissing or swirling in the recording. Right. It's pretty clean and super listenable. Yes. And worth revisiting. There's your soft and wet maxi single right there.
0: There you go. Mm -hmm. All right, what are we going to talk about next time?
1: Next up before you outtakes continue, we're going to have a just as long as we're together and baby maxi single episode Uh with multiple versions of each. Plus, we're going to touch on another 94 East track that Prince had a lot to do with, Dance to the Music of the World. And if I could offer one other piece of advice before we sign off, Christy. Okay. Um, You know, I was delighted to find the covers of Soft and Wet, especially that guitar version. Uh Uh-huh. And... To my dismay, I did the same search. I'm like, I wonder if My Love is Forever maybe had the same kind of thing. Well, uh-huh. there, there are recordings of My Love is Forever by an artist named David Prince oh, from dear. 2016. Um, and it is some of the worst music I've ever heard in my life. Oh, So I'm sorry, David Prince, but... If there was a C for things that weren't part of the podcast, that would be (laughs) it for me.
0: (laughs) This is Josh's warning for you to not go and listen to that.
1: A footnote. I mean, go ahead. Give the guy, you know, half a cent or whatever for a stream. (laughs) You get what you pay for. That's right.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio. We really appreciate it. Rate and review wherever you get podcasts. Tell a friend if there's a purple friend that you have not yet introduced to the podcast. And until next time, happy purple listening.
1: Thanks for sticking with us.